Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. Today's guest is Alyssa Penny. So, Alyssa, welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Alyssa. Absolutely. So I am an HR consultant and I have, oh, about 10 plus years in HR, uh, just in general background. And I didn't know what I wanted to do for a very long time um, until I was studying for my MBA and had an opportunity for an HR internship. And so I kind of just lucked into it, um, really liked it. And, you know, it really kind of let me fulfill the things that I like doing personally. I like helping people out, but I also kind of have a data and legal brain. <laughs> so it lets me kind of combine those two things together. What a um, perfect combination. <laughs> it, it really worked out. I got very lucky. Absolutely. I, I want to I say something there. We're not going to let you say you were lucky because a lot of times women say that or they say, oh, I, I did it only because of the help of others. You were not lucky. You worked hard. You studied. You learned. You listened. And now you lead. So um, fair enough. Yeah. I just wanted to stop you there because <laughs> we all do it, myself included. And I don't think luck had um, the most to do with it. Let's just put it that way. So tell us no. more about yourself. What do you do? Where did you come from? What do you do when you're not working? Where, what's your background, education? Anything you want to share? Absolutely. So I actually recently just moved. I'm in New Hampshire. Nice. Um, we came to New Hampshire by way of Texas. <laughs> oh, wow. I went to Boston by way of New Orleans. So <laughs> We just went opposite. There you go. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm originally from Indiana, though. That's why I don't have a Southern accent. So I, there's a couple of words I think I pick out and I you'll hear my accent kind of pop around a little. Um, but yeah, grew up in Indiana, um, went to undergrad in Indiana, not, not too far from my hometown. Um, and then I actually took a year off in between grad school and undergrad because I got burnt out on school. And I actually did a stint in Thailand, uh, which really was a wonderful experience. I actually worked at an orphanage over there for about a year. Wow. And it, uh, I've got pictures actually of a lot of the kids that I worked with all around my office. And it was just such an impactful time for me. Um, and I think it really kind of helped push me um, towards, you know, kind of what I do now, um, cause I do like giving back to the community and I do like building up the community, um, you know, from childhood and, and later on in life. Uh, but then I, when I got back from Thailand, I moved to Arkansas to go to grad school of all places. Um, had some friends down there, had some contacts and, you know, I ended up working for an international manufacturing company for an internship that lasted about a year and a half. And 
it was such a wonderful experience to be able to take all this learning that I had done, um, all the years of education that I had worked on, and just funnel it into that internship um, and grow and develop. And goodness, that was a while ago now. <laughs> it's about a decade yeah. ago now. It sounds to me like you were able to, um, and I think that year off is so important and so critical. What you did with your time is so meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, when you say impactful, I think, wow, a global worldview, open your mind, not parochial. Uh, look, I'm from Louisiana. I moved to Boston. It was a whole new world. And then I, you know, lived all over Europe. And then I lived now in Hawaii and then in California. So I think travel is so important and apparently working with children, uh, no doubt is life changing, right? Working with orphans, you, you really learn to live in gratitude. Yeah. So that sounds and like an amazing absolutely. journey. And it really was, you know, and I think you're, you're exactly right. Uh, for what I do being in HR, it's so important, especially now, right? You know, with everything going on in the world. Yes. You can't look at the world through one lens. You, you just can't. And my background isn't everyone's background. And my upbringing wasn't everyone's upbringing. People don't come from the place that I did in a very small rural farming community. And, you know, we don't work with the same people um, who, who are just like us. You know, there's pros and cons to that, right? Right. <laughs> you know? it, they, they bring a lot to the table when you have that diversity and that different mindset and it allows you to be creative in ways that, you know, I never would have thought of, you know, other people can bring their experiences to the table. And that's and, precisely why yeah. I give a voice and let people tell their story because you don't, so, so we're going to talk about this since you're in HR and that's your specialty. We're going to talk about this practice of referrals and how it leads to affinity mm -hmm. bias. And, you know, we don't get to hear another perspective if we continue to just hire more Susans or Alyssa's, right? Right. Yeah. And so I, I, always, I wouldn't want to work with a bunch of Alyssa's. <laughs> One of me is plenty. <laughs> I wouldn't want to work with a bunch of Susans either. So I hear you. I hear you. But 51% of new hires comes from referrals inside the company. So that's something mm -hmm. that needs to change. We need to, and look, it's not like it was a bad thing, but it's resulted in mm -hmm. a bad thing. The outcome is not good. So we need to change our minds. Right. That's going to be hard to do, don't you think? I do. And a lot of people, they kind of defer back to you know, company culture. And so they go, well, if this person already understands our culture and they refer someone else, then that person's going to fit in with our culture. And you get into that groupthink mindset. Yes. And it's not helpful for your business to grow, um, especially if it's a large global organization, but even if it's a small one, because then everyone thinks alike and then we can't be creative and innovative because you know, you've hired you know, half of your folks have come from those referrals, right? Right. And it's homogenous. Yes. And we use culture as kind of our scapegoat there. And we say, well, it's our company culture. But sometimes your company culture needs to take a little bit of a back seat for the sake of diversity. Shake it and up a bit, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm working with someone who's at a large um, company, global company, like 100 
thousand employees, like really big. And there's not a day that goes by that she doesn't tell me that someone says, well, we've done it this way for 175 years. (laughs) That's my least favorite. Exactly. We've always done it this way. Exactly. Exactly. Mm Um, she is an amazing woman. She's only one, she's in an office of 3000 people and she's only one, one of three people of color. Oh, wow. I know. Problem. 3%. Yeah. It's great. Oh goodness. (laughs) I know. I'm sure this kind of thing keeps you busy as well. Um, it's jaw dropping in this 2020 that we see such um, you know, they don't, they don't see there's a problem. I'm like, what does your pipeline look like? Who gets paid what and why? Um, right. how about those practices, they don't see any problem with their policies. It's crazy. It's crazy. Right. And well, it, go ahead. Absolutely. Oh, I was going to say, you know, a lot of times when people, they, they bring up all of these, I guess, pressure points in HR, uh, you know, about, pay transparency and about hiring practices we want to keep it a secret because we don't want anyone to know our methodologies and i i'm a huge fan of just throwing all of that out the window make it so transparent that people in the outside of your organization know exactly what it's going to take because then you open up your diversity and you open up opportunities for people who otherwise might not have that and because they don't know anyone that works for you You know, I'm a little surprised when I see today there's still no diversity because, you know, what I've been fighting recently is for inclusivity. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people check the boxes, but then they don't pay people or give them the stretch assignments or give them a chance to have the Mm -hmm. bigger, better relationships. So I come across a company that hasn't even, you know, transitioned into a diverse company that's shocking i'm just like blown away by that and the fact that they employ so many people across the globe i was just jaw dropped we were on the phone for two hours talking about this the things that come naturally to you and me were like foreign to this company right and because we've had that background where we've been other places it is going to come more naturally to us and you know it's part of i think our roles um, you know, mine specifically being in HR to educate in kind of a gentle and non-confrontational way. So that way people don't feel that their worldview is being threatened because that's scary, right? Um, someone comes in and shakes up the entire way that you see the world. You're probably better, <laughs> at, better at doing that than I am. You know, like, I had a little bit of practice. <laughs> yeah, I have a tendency to be, uh, someone once said, well, many people have said the same thing. The speed of Susan is not for everyone. Um, I have a tendency to be a wrecking ball. <laughs> so Sometimes um, I, it's what people need, though. They just need knocked about a little bit. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. So, um, but I, I apparently your approach works since you're successful in what you do, which I would love to hear more about this. So do people subcontract you? Does the HR department call you or are you the HR department just outsourced? How does that work? So it depends on what your business needs. Um, you know, I've got a client right now that they don't have a dedicated HR department, but they don't need a full on department yet because they're not big enough. You know, if you're under a certain headcount and if you are in certain states, you probably don't need a full HR department. And really what I want to do is be able to 
have smaller HR departments that are focused more on strategic operations yeah. as opposed to like the day-to-day. -day. And I think that a lot of managers should be trained to do more of that day-to-day. -day. And so my emphasis really is on providing companies with the tools that they need um, and taking a little bit of that pressure off. Um, for one of my clients, I actually recently helped them create an employee handbook um, just from scratch. And we really work together to make it the best fit for their organization while still being legally compliant. Um, and so I take ownership of all of the legal fun stuff that they just don't yeah. um, have the time to research. You know, they don't know what needs to go into an EEOC policy. They don't know what needs to go into like an FMLA policy um, yeah. in time yeah. and recording. So I handle all of that. And then I really work with them to incorporate their vision and what they want their new hires to feel when they get that handbook. Um, you know, a lot of employers have so I think hundreds of pages. Thing. Yeah. When you say you want them to understand what their new hires will feel, mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. so important that you even used that word. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say That's I, how you keep people. Exactly, exactly. And and look, it used to be called, you know, unnecessary. Then it was called soft skills, and now it's called leadership. Mm -hmm. Hello. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, transformational leadership. You should care about how your people feel, what they're you know going through, their experience in the company and what's happening in their personal lives because it does impact right. work life you know this bull about one person from nine to five and then being your other self at home that's just malarkey um right one, one thing i want to ask you this is what i have noticed in my 53 years i have noticed that hr has transitioned from um you know a c-suite person may offer a job and hire someone and then hr just processes the benefits or paperwork to actually HR is now ha has a critical, you know, before the hire is made, a critical role in, um, you know, deciding who will get hired, who won't, what will happen with that person, whether it's mm -hmm. instead of lumping everyone in a bucket and saying, here's your right. paperwork. Um, right. I've loved watching that transition take place. And now with all the DEI, HR and DEI are often working closely together, if not, you know, the same department. So I love that right. transition. It's very powerful. And I, I, I really love that I've been able to be a part of that transition yeah. uh, for a lot of organizations. Um, I have a background in uh, municipal HR as well. So you know, the government side of human resources and you know, with my corporate background and having kind of that change management mindset um, prior to going into municipal, it was kind of a step backwards. And then when I got to the first municipality that I worked for in Texas, I got to be part of that change where now we're no longer paper administrators. We're right. not just here to run the payroll and to tell people how to sign up for benefits. You're change but agents. Yes. So I got to help build a training program for managers because the managers were starved for training. Yeah. They didn't know if my employee comes up to me and says, you know, this person um, has a problem with me because I'm this ethnicity or because I'm this color or this gender. Um, I, I need help with this. And managers go, go to HR. But yes. 
I love turning that back over to the management because at the end of the day, an employee has to trust that their manager is going to do the right thing and be on their team. And if you're sending them to HR, you can't do that. I think it's very relationship building and enhanced. Absolutely. Um, so I have to tell you, my husband is the CEO of our city. So he, he <laughs> he's the Fun. manager. Yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. He comes from um, the private sector and, and sort of operates at a, well, a very much more efficient pace than what the stereotype of government workers is. But he's, like people say the same thing, the speed of Mike, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So his yeah. HR person is very much um, like you are, very involved in critical, has a seat at the table, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's I, a huge transition. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. What is your proudest professional accomplishment? Oh, goodness. I think my proudest professional accomplishment was in – my prior municipal HR work, um, I worked very closely with the police and fire departments um, of, of one of the cities that I worked with. And I never felt more proud when the chief of police called me asking for advice on an HR matter. Nice. Um, because they don't, they don't do that right. You know, they, right. They, that, that's the perception is, you know, their ego. <laughs> well, that ego or, you know, in order to get to that position, you have to have a certain level of, it, it's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of that internal trust and instinct and yes. you don't get there by asking HR for help. <laughs> it's also a gendered communication thing. So men it are is. more reluctant to ask questions than women are. Um, we Absolutely. have so much to talk about now that I know your involvement there. After the recording, remind me, I want to talk to you about something um, separate from the, the podcast. You're Absolutely. amazing. That's really great work. Um, well, who inspired you along the way? Did you have a mentor or better yet, a sponsor? Um, I've had a couple of mentor sponsors um prior to going into hr um i had a female boss all of my sponsors and mentors have been females um i've i've never had a male um mentor and sponsor that really showed up for me in that way but the first female mentor that i had um i actually worked at a restaurant in undergrad um, while i was going through school and she really worked with me because I was not always the confident, well-spoken individual here <laughs> um, that you see before you, but she really took the time to encourage me to show up for myself um, as somebody who wanted to go into business. You know, she was a business owner. She owned four or five restaurants in, in the city that I was living in and um, a couple other restaurants in other cities around the state and she was such a hard worker and very determined. Um, but I would say that from an HR perspective, the most inspirational sponsor that I've ever had was at the first um, city that I worked for. I had someone who really took a chance on me um, because it was a big step back in my career. Um, I went from a senior HR generalist and analyst 
in the private sector to an entry-level HR generalist because of uh, a move from my spouse's job. And, you know, she really took a chance on me knowing that that wasn't my end goal was to be, you know, at the right. bottom. <laughs> and right. um, she really worked with me, grew and developed me. And she worked with me quite a bit on my communication style. And, okay, you work for a city now. So there's a lot of political nuance that you just need to understand how to operate within. And here's how to do that. And she turned over so many projects to me and I could go into her office and say, I'm, I, I'm done with this. How can I help you? Um, and we really got to be very collaborative and, uh, you know, we still, we still keep in touch actually. Um, it's been nice. quite a few years and we still keep in touch. Um, but definitely one of the top sponsors for me. And That's she taught awesome. me really great that make my own seat yeah yeah really great that you had that so um you know a lot of times women will tell me they had a female mentor or sponsor and it in some of the work that i do i talk about tips for men who support equity in the workplace one of those tips is to sponsor women learn how mm -hmm. women communicate let them learn how you communicate understand that there's a big difference. It doesn't, one's not better than the other, but just because someone doesn't lead in a hierarchical way and they lead instead in a transformational way, doesn't mean they're not a good leader. That means they're a great leader. You know, understand the differences there. So it's good that you had a sponsor. I hear that a lot. Yes. A sponsor is never, uh, or is rarely a man. So let me ask you this. How can women lift other women in business? I think identifying someone who needs some of that help, um, who maybe is also not in a place in their career to ask. Right? Because I think a lot of times, it, being a woman in business, you, you don't know that you can ask or that you should, um, and you're willing to put yourself kind of in like a backseat position. And so if you're in a position to be a mentor or a sponsor, look for those women um, and help them develop those skills to be able to show up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so seek I've been out. able to do that a couple of times. Yeah. So seek Absolutely. out a mentee. Is that what you're saying? Seek out a mentee? Yes. I don't wait for people to ask you. Right. Because they're afraid, like you said. Well, what has mm -hmm. been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? Uh, I think really early on in my career, I was not a confident individual. It was very easy to kind of bowl me over. I was very quiet, very soft-spoken. And I do have a quiet voice. And so I think it's really easy for someone to see a female in an office with a quiet voice as someone who's very easy to walk over. And I would let people do that to me. Um, and so it took a lot of confidence building in myself. Um, you know, I had to really work and develop my soft skills, uh, my, my confidence, my communication, in order to be where I'm at today. But that was definitely a huge hurdle. It took me a couple of years to get to where I am. Well, I'm proud to see that you've gotten where you are. Good for you. I think a lot of people go through that, especially introverts. But you know, so, so many leaders are introverts because they're really great listeners. And you know, as a leader, you have to be able to listen a lot and, and at a third level, you know, really deeply listen. Um, 
Tell us something yes. surprising about you. Um, I think one of the most surprising things about me, maybe not so surprising, I don't know. Um, I can actually speak a couple of different languages. Very um, nice. <laughs> so I can speak Thai. I had to learn um, while I was in Thailand. I can, um, I know American Sign Language. I actually um, went to school to study to be an interpreter um, way back when. So I know a bit of American Sign Language wow. and uh, Spanish. And uh, I'm in the process of trying to learn Swedish just for fun. Sweet. <laughs> Learning Swedish <laughs> just for fun. Says every genius ever, right? <laughs> Learning Swedish just for fun. That's just very nice. Fun. Super, super smart. Um, there's so much I want to talk to you about offline. This is just great. I'm so impressed with you. Um, let me ask you this. Are you game for what I call the wild card question? Um, Absolutely. Yay! That's awesome. I'm not afraid. <laughs> That's so awesome. So um, I have a box of 144 questions and I pull from that box and people don't know what the question is. And if it takes you a little while to answer it, that's not a problem. Um, don't worry about it. Just, you know, take your time. So if you're ready, I'm going to go ahead and pull out of the, the box of questions. Go for it. I'm, I'm excited to see what I'm going to get. Awesome. No, <laughs> one's, no one's ever said that. <laughs> I'm not afraid. I've been afraid for long enough in my life. Now I just have fun. That's awesome. Really awesome. All right. So this is a vulnerability question right here. So share a recent time you were embarrassed. Oh, goodness. Let's see. I'm trying to think of a recent time that I've been embarrassed. Or I maybe any time that you've been embarrassed. And I think the point of the question is to share vulnerabilities so that others understand we all have those moments. Oh, I've definitely been embarrassed. I'm just trying to think of the most recent time. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. I, I remember a really specific time that I was embarrassed. Um, I had... Um, been living in Thailand for a little while and uh, the program that I was part of had a bunch of um, individuals living in a shared home together um, just to lower costs and expenses and whatnot and then um, they didn't have enough volunteers to work at the orphanage that I was working at so when everyone else's contracts came up I was by myself and I'd only been in the country for about two months and everyone was gone. And so I didn't have anyone to take me around. I didn't know my way around town. And I was in Chiang Mai, um, which is in the mountains, and it's a very large city. And I remember riding my bicycle. Um, didn't have a car, didn't have a motorcycle. So I, me, on my little rickety bicycle that I inherited from another volunteer, um, trying to make my way to the grocery store and trying to figure out the open air markets to get groceries, because I didn't have any groceries. And I was absolutely embarrassed. I ended up going the wrong way, and I had to circle all the way back around town, and I had to flag down a driver and 
explain a very broken tie because I hadn't learned very much that I was very lost and could you please help me? I was going to um, ask you, was this before or after you had mastered the language? <laughs> oh goodness, I, I wouldn't even say now that I have a mastery over it, but I definitely know a lot more now than I did then. Um, I think I had just learned some very basic directions and I could tell them very generally what road I lived on. Um, so it was there were a lot of hand gestures involved and they were very, very kind. Um, but they actually ended up taking me to the open air market by my house. And, you know, I was so stressed. And it was very hot and I was almost on the verge of tears because I was Aww. very stressed, um, yeah, stressed great. and lost in a foreign country. Um, didn't have a phone, um, wouldn't have had a cell phone then. And, uh, yeah, they actually, they took me around in the market. They just noticed that I was very stressed and poor lost foreigner <laughs> to get food. And they taught me how to negotiate and they taught me how to ask for prices. And they taught me how to go through the market and they introduced me to a bunch of the sellers um, and helped me build those relationships that I was going to need in order to you know, live in this country. Um, but it was horribly embarrassing. But didn't it turn out great? Don't it you? did. Yeah. So yes. Win or learn, never lose. Win or learn, never lose. Well, Alyssa, Absolutely. let me ask you the um, the last question I have for you today is how can people reach you? So I can be reached on LinkedIn. Um, you can just look for me at uh, Alyssa Penny. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y. Um, and you can follow me there, connect with me there. You can also go to my website. I'm at abetterhr.com. Uh, that's my consulting business. Great and name. I, Great name. I, I just, I felt like it stood for everything that I wanted to accomplish. Yeah. Um, you know, and it helped that the domain was available. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. It, it really was a, a match made in heaven right there. Well, good. Um, so happy. Absolutely. I'm happy to have had you on the show. There's so much we have to talk about. So let's say our goodbyes to the audience and we will create the blog. Everyone knows I write a blog about my guests yes. and I sync the podcast into that blog. So folks look for that and I'll have Alyssa Penny's name spelled as she spells it on the blog in case you didn't get to chat or write that down, jot that down. Um, so thank you so much for being here, Alyssa. Absolutely. And thank you again for having me. You bet. Have a good day, everybody.